We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of 21 Questions, a subscribe-provided Q&A show that's proudly presented by McAdoodles, your one-stop shop for beer, wine, and spirits, now in Kansas City. Don't forget to hit that follow button so you don't miss anything from the highest-ranked Chiefs podcast network of 2022. And now, the latest episode of 21 Questions. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of 21 Questions, the Q&A show on KCSN, brought to you by our good pals at McAdoodles. You are familiar with McAdoodles if you're in Kansas City because McAdoodles is in Kansas City. They are in Lee's Summit, Missouri. They got a brand new location also in Jefferson City. They are a wonderful, wonderful liquor store. If you haven't gone there yet, go there. Ask the good people what their recommendations are for you. You're going to walk out with something that is really top-notch quality, exactly what you want for a cheap price because that's exactly who they are. We love them here. I personally love them, and I love my good pal Charles Goldman getting to join us once again. Buddy, it's Denver week, so of course we had to reach out to our Colorado brethren here <laughs> to talk a little bit on 21 Questions. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great, man. It's good to be back on here with you. I'm excited to answer some questions for the Chiefs Kingdom. That's right. That's right. And these questions come from our KCSN Discord channel. You get access to that if you are a subscriber to KCSN Daily. Charles writes an article every single day for KCSN Daily. You can sign up for free for that via email if you want access to the Discord as well as some film breakdowns and other content coming from me, Maddie, and Kent. You can sign up for $30 a year or $5 a month. That's great. We've seen some of those. I saw some people gifting some of those for Christmas. That's a great one. So we got to see more people in the Discord. So we had some new names and some new questions here. We're starting with somebody who's been around for a long time. Grayson here asks, are people overreacting to Justin Watson drops slash play? Or is it just him getting run over other players that's the issue? Charles, we haven't really gotten your Justin Watson thoughts. I've certainly given mine. Maddie has profusely given his. <laughs> what What do you feel about Justin Watson and his role in the offense right now? You know, I think one thing that maybe doesn't get talked enough, um, talk, talked about enough with Justin Watson and his role in the offense is how much like Patrick Mahomes and his trust plays into that. 
Um, I feel like if if that was a guy that he didn't trust, that he didn't have faith in, that he didn't think could play that role, he wouldn't be doing it. Now, last couple of weeks hasn't been great. I know he had like two drops last week, some big drops. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, cold weather game where the football's like hard as a rock. I, I don't know that I can really in that specific game like just go in on him and be like, hey, like we yeah. got it, we got to see something different here. Like I, I'm pretty sure a lot of guys were struggling with the football in that game. Um, the thing for me with Justin Watson is like I see his role on special teams and the success that he's having there. And I'm thinking, okay, well, let's get this guy more involved there. If he's having success, like let's put him in the best position to succeed. He's clearly not having success in that role in the offense right now, specifically when it comes to catching passes, which that's your job as a receiver, right? <laughs> catching passes. So uh, I feel like maybe dialing him back a little bit, you know, it doesn't have to be all the way, but dial him back a little bit, boost his snaps up on, on special teams where he's we're seeing positive gains. And, you know, maybe just maybe it'll kind of level out a little bit. Yeah, I, I think that that's it, a great point about Patrick Mahomes, because I, I think too often we get hung up in the, you know, Andy, uh, right. Joe, you know, the wide receiver coach, Joe Blameyer, you know, Eric Bieniemy, whoever you want to call it. It's like, well, they, they're the ones that are putting them out there right now. They're the ones that are doing all of that. Listen, if there was a problem. If there was a serious problem with Justin Watson being on the field, if Patrick Mahomes didn't feel like he was a guy that could help him, or if he felt like, hey, Kadarius Tony should be out here if he was healthy, obviously. Sky Moore should be out here if you know if he was part of the offense more. If he felt like that was going to improve the offense and make life easier on him, guess what? He'd do it. He he doesn't want to play with one arm behind his back. I know we get to see him do all sorts of crazy stuff all the time with maybe one arm behind his back, but he doesn't want to play that way. So, yeah, that's a great point. Patrick is certainly not going to the coaching staff and saying, hey, listen, we got to make a change here. He's obviously still comfortable with what Justin Watson is doing on the field right now. Jay Spruill asked a question here because – uh, reportedly, rumor has it that Steve Spagnuolo's contract is up after this season. I know we don't always get contract details for defensive coordinators here. He asked the question, could Todd Bowles be the next defensive coordinator for the Chiefs, assuming he's not the head coach for the Buccaneers next year? Charles, we'll, we'll just take this kind of in a broader sense because Todd Bowles obviously has connection to Andy Reid would make a ton of sense like I, I, I he would be on a short list right now if right. there was an open defensive coordinator position what are your thoughts on spags retaining spags bringing in a new defensive coordinator things of that nature let's just kind of open it up to the broad defensive coordinator conversation right here yeah i mean i think um you know there there's reasonable um frustration with spags mm-hmm. right now um but at the same time, I mean, I, I think the story hasn't been written on him, right? Like, there's still, you know, these final two games of the regular season, which admittedly you're not going against the best of offenses, but, like, that that's also like a bar. Like, you know, I mean, you got to hold these, these offenses down these last two games. You can't let those guys uh, come in and give you trouble. And then <laughs> – I, I mean, I think the other thing for me is like, let's see what happens in the postseason, right? Like, if the defense goes on to carry on this performance from this last week through these next 
several games into the Super Bowl and they end up winning the Super Bowl in the back of a dominant defensive performance, we're going to be praying that Spag stays, right? Like it's going to flip the the entire script on on the season, I think, to to an extent. And um, it, you know, it's um, I, I think it's one thing if he wants to walk away, if he's comfortable walking away, says, "Okay, I've done my part, I'm retiring, what have you." Um, I, I don't think that that there's going to be a situation where he's where he's fired or where he's replaced with somebody else, um, especially not directly after a season where you know, he's playing a ton of rookies, getting a ton of rookies out there. I, I think they're going to at least give him another shot uh, no matter what happens this year. Uh, unless, of course, he decides to walk away on his own. Yeah, I I, I do. As the season had kind of gone along, if you would have asked me midseason, did I think that Steve Spagnuolo was going to be the defensive coordinator for this team in the next season? I would have said no. Um, I, I just think that we didn't see the kind of traditional Steve Spagnolo uptick. We didn't see some of the positive signs of growth as this season has closed out. And yes, they are not playing the best of offenses, but it kind of happens every single year. This is what happens when you play the AFC West. You're going to have the Broncos. You're going to have the Raiders. You're going to have some teams that maybe aren't on the same level as you and those are confidence builders. You want to be firing on all cylinders when you get into the playoffs. And he has. Like, this team has built off of those performances time and time again in Steve Spagnuolo's tenure and built up to a, a, a dominant defense or, you know, a semi-dominant defense. We talk about it all the time. Steve Spagnuolo is an ultimate game planner. He is a really good defensive coordinator when the chips are on the table. Like, got to have it. In this moment, I mean, if you think back to all these performances that the Chiefs have had in the playoffs with Patrick Mahomes at the helm, with Steve Spagnuolo on the opposite side there, what do you think of? You think of good defensive performances. At the very least, you think of adequate defensive performances. You're not looking at any of those, yeah, and going, man, they got run out of the building, except for the Bills game that Tyra Matthew went out hurt. Like, For me, the word is clutch, right? Like, I feel like like the word is clutch. I mean, I, I feel like those moments that they've needed to step up in the playoffs, they have. Usually yeah. it's been Frank Clark, right? I know. I, I mean, and see, that's the thing. Like, we, we get so wrapped up in the regular season element of this, and we know Andy Reid, and now we've had enough experience to know that Steve Spagnuolo just basically takes those cards, put them up next to the chest. We're going to keep them right here. When we get into January, February, that's when we're going to start dealing. Like, that's when we're going to start playing. Bill Belichick did it for decades, basically. You know, you want to be strong in December. You want to be strong in January, February. Peak at the right time. Don't Week two doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. So it's one of those we will wait and see. I do think if they do move on from him, if Todd Bowles is out there, Todd Bowles is going to get some serious consideration. I think that Joe Cullen would get some serious consideration. Defensive line coach for the Chiefs right now. They brought him in for a reason. They moved Brendan Daly to linebacker. I know that they talk about how they want to get those guys tons of experience. Brendan Daly has been a defensive line coach for most of his life, and he was very comfortable there. Joe Cullen is a really good defensive line coach. I mean, look at him this year. Like, they've really progressed. I could see the team looking at that. We will see going to largely depend on how that kind of ends with Charles there on that I'll, point. I'll, I'll throw another name out there. Dave yeah, Harris. let's do that. 
Dave. Merrick. Oh yeah. I, I, I think that he, you know, he's been working with the secondary's former linebacker mm-hmm. himself. Uh, I, I think that, you know, this year he's taken more of a role working with both the safeties and the cornerbacks than he has in, in previous years with Sam Madison going to the dolphins. I, I feel like he's a guy who could sneakily, if, if, if they wanted continuity, if they wanted to stay with some of the guys on this staff, I think that he's someone they could just insert right in that role if Spags retires. Yeah, absolutely. Similar coverage philosophies as Steve Spagnolo as well has really done well to develop young players in the past. That's where your young players are. You got a lot of rookies there that you don't have a ton of investment in, but they're playing above kind of what we've seen. So yeah, Dave Merritt makes a ton of sense. That's a great call. All right, Julian K. Karloff to Stan. Does Eric Bieniemy finally, finally get a head coaching gig? Now that we've seen the offense be just as dominant without Tyreek, I know that everybody's going to, you're immediately screaming right now about you know Travis Kelsey's comments in his podcast this week about how Andy's calling the play. Andy's always called the plays, guys. Always. It doesn't matter who did. He called him with Doug Peterson. He called him with Matt Nagy. That hadn't mattered. So, uh, you know, it, he's always called the plays. What do you think? Do you think this year measurably changed Eric Bieniemy's chances at a head coaching job? I, I do think uh, there's a bit of that perception like, hey, he's done it again. This is a top offense in the NFL, the top offense in the NFL without the best receiver in football. And he's still the best receiver in football. You go look at yes. what he's done with Tua Tagovailoa in, in Miami. So I, I think that, you know, that certainly helped him. But I'm going to give the NFL some credit here, too. I, I think Biennemi and, and Reed talked about this kind of this week, too. The accelerator program that they did for um, minority coaches and front office members that they started last uh, last spring. I think that really helped out um, because you're getting these guys now in an informal setting, interacting with NFL ownership, mm-hmm. with uh, other people in these front office staffs, in these coaching staffs. You get to see them in a different light than you do in an interview setting. And I, I think that that has broken down some legitimate barriers that were previously there. Um, specifically for a coach like Eric Bieniemy, um, so I, I, I think that is something that um, that'll play a role. I mean, depending on how many vacancies there are this year, I think he has as good a shot as anyone else out there to get his job this year. I think so as well. I said on the game preview this week, um, Maddie kind of popped the question real quick: Who's Denver's next coach? I think it's Eric Bieniemy. And I, I do think that um, he he's a guy that, not to completely rehash my argument, but he makes sense from a um, from a standpoint of holding people accountable. And it seems like some accountability is needed in that room. You know, we, we can harp on Andy Reid calling the plays, play designs, things like that. Eric Bieniemy helps with the game planning, helps with the accountability, helps that offense be its most efficient self and sometimes as a head coach that's what you need a guy that can connect with players a guy that can get the most out of them it doesn't have to be purely an x's and o's guy right like we can we we can look at countless coaches that we look at and it's like man that guy's a genius can't be a head coach like it struggles to become a head coach i can see the polar opposite 
working not that not that Eric Bienemy's a bad play designer or anything like that. I'm not right. trying to say that, but I can see him coming into that role and getting a good offensive coordinator, getting a good defensive coordinator, and running the day to day at an exceptionally high level and demanding excellence and players responding to that. So I, I said Denver because I think that that organization could actually do with what Eric Bienemy brings to the table there. So I, I gotta like kind of ask you then with with Denver. I know we were having a little chat about this before we went live, but yeah, Russ, what what would <sighs> I, I mean? Do you think that his personality would mesh with Russ? You think no? You think they would work well? You know, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, and I and I think that that might be for the better for yeah. you know, you know, not to make a divisional rival better, but I think that might be for the better for Russ and for that offense. Yeah. You know, listen. It, they have the ability to run the ball. Like no, uh, nobody is questioning that. Come up with that philosophy. Give the ball more to Javante Williams. R- run some of the shorter stuff. Install some of this stuff. Gets the ball out of Russell Wilson's hand quicker. Don't rely on him to play hero ball. Yeah. You know, it, we we look all the time of you know that it's been following him around his entire career. Oh, let Russ cook. Let Russ cook, and all of that. Guess what? When Russ cooks. Doesn't always work out the best when it's run heavy stuff. When it's stuff like that, where where you're establishing things and you're working off of that, that's when we've seen him be at his best. And I think that that's what it can be. And frankly, this season, ideally for that organization and for that quarterback in particular, should frame things a lot differently than maybe they were going into this season. And so a a new voice coming in, demanding something different, maybe than was out there before it could change things for the better for them. I hope not, but <laughs> I mean, I, I hope for success for Eric B enemy, but I hope that they never turn that organization around ever, but it would make sense to bring in a guy like that and know that, Hey, we're going to give him a year. We're going to give Russ a year, a chance to blend with him. If we still see these issues, if we still see these behaviors, guess what? We know what the problem is and you move on at that point. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, you're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Towin asked, what are your backgrounds? He asked, uh, He asked. I think, predicting that it was going to be Matt and Craig here. But Charles <laughs> and Craig, um, did you play coach or just students of the game? Um, I'll, I'll lead with this one. Student of the game. That, that's all. Uh, barely played. Um, did not coach. <laughs> Uh, have a lot of coaches in in my family and stuff like that. I, my grandfather was a defensive backs coach for thirty odd years. That's probably why I'm obsessed with defensive back play. But no, just love the game. Love sitting around and absorbing knowledge and trying to you know pass it along. And at this point, now I just try and stay out of the way when I let people with a lot more knowledge than me talk about the game. Yeah, I uh, student of the game here mostly as well. I played a little bit of running back. Uh, in oh. high school, uh, I played a little bit of running back in high school. My my nickname was Chunk Muffin because I was kind of a chubby kid. I, I used to run kids over, man. <laughs> you were Colin Saunders, man. Oh. <laughs> that's gotta... that's why that's why I've been preaching to get Colin Saunders more involved on offense, man. I see him and I see myself. <laughs> Listen, man. I'll tell you what. What we need to do is we need to figure out a way for the Chiefs to let us get Colin Saunders his own show, and we're going to call it Former RBs featuring Colin Saunders and Charles Goldman. And you two are just going to – I love it. I'd love it. It would be great. I'm sure we would have some fun with that. Uh, No, I mean, uh, yeah, student of the game. (laughs) All right, Mike Denny asks, what's the coolest thing you gave for Christmas? Mine? That – Charles is wearing it right now. I, I gave my whole family that hoodie. But it, I, I it, love being able to buy Charlie Hustle stuff with KC Sports Network on I, it and give it to family. I'm usually like a zip hoodie type of person. So I wouldn't usually go for this, but it is so it's the most comfortable hoodie I've I've owned in I'm my life. Just saying. I, it's, it's, it's literally I, since I've gotten it, I don't think I, I like I I've I've tried to not take it off. Like it's it's that comfortable. <laughs> Listen, uh, might be we, the most, we've most now, comfortable piece of clothing I know. See, th- this is like what three months in or two months in, however long it's been since since we've had that stuff from Charlie. This shirt is ridiculously comfortable as well. But man, that hoodie, I I want to live in that hoodie. I literally want to live in it. Just I don't need a house. Just give me the hoodie. Uh, I'll live in the hoodie. The, uh, All right. The, the, the gift for me. I mean, and I, I the coolest thing I gave. Actually, you can kind of see it back here. My, I gave my wife this uh, this picture here. It's me and her and my my dog in um, like Animal Crossing characters. I, I oh, yeah. hired an artist to make it. It was it's it's cool. <laughs> I really awesome. I really like it. No, that's um, awesome. I, I, love I that. gave, gave that to her. Somehow it ended up in my office on this little shrine I have back here. All this <laughs> random stuff, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I would say that was probably the, the coolest thing that I, I that love, I gave. love, love, love that. All right, Karen asks, does Clyde Edwards-Alaire 
have a role to play in the playoff run. I mean, we're two games away. Clyde Edwards-Alaire still on IR. What do you think, Charles? You think we see him at all for the rest of the year? I don't think – I think it's going to be one of those things like with Blake Bell where it was like everyone forgot about him. Suddenly tight end gets injured and Blake Bell's ready to come back. Um, I, I think they've kind of – you know, I mean, Clyde's had, you know, high ankle sprains before. He's had the hip. He's had – you know, he's had these issues before with the lower body. And um, I think it's really stunted his career uh, to this point with the Chiefs. Um, and and I, I don't think they're going to they're in any hurry to bring him back, being that, you know, Jarek McKinnon, Isaiah Pacheco are doing phenomenal right now. Oh, yeah. And frankly, you bring that guy back off of IR, you have a roster crunch. You can't really, you know, you're going to get rid of ronald jones to make room for him i don't i don't know that you do that at this point of the season if someone gets hurt i think you're gonna see him pop up again he'll have a role probably would be limited yeah i'd agree with that i'd agree with that all right joel penfield have the chiefs been playing 5d underwater chest with sky Moore all year just to unleash him on the world in the playoffs no <laughs> no, so I, I mean it would be a nice like little fan fiction for us, but <laughs> um and it, it probably like that it, that would make you feel a little better about the situation with more mm-hmm. so far. I, I think I think we got to be real realistic. I think the Chiefs are still figuring out what he does best and, and how to kind of harness that and use that within the offense. Um and, and I think you know, I mean Andy said it this week that you're seeing growth from it. Uh, mm-hmm. specifically, you know, he had a good screen play where, you know, um, where Did a couple where, guys miss. Yeah. yeah a couple guys miss, uh, on the, the sweeps and the end around stuff. Now that they have him on, he's not trying to go, you know, all the way to the sideline and stretch mm-hmm. it out. He's getting upfield and, and getting positive yards. I think you're also seeing, I, I mean, I, I saw someone share a play. I don't remember where it was, but, uh, he was blocking. And they were like, oh, I don't know about that block. I, I thought he did a good job with that block. I thought if yeah. the goal was to like wall off the the defenders uh, and, and create that lane on the inside, like that was a good block. Yeah. Um, so I, I think you're seeing that little bit of evolution within the offense. And maybe earlier this season, we would have seen it if he wasn't, if they weren't trying to you know, force him to be a punt returner. I, I don't know. I think I, that yeah, I think- a part of it. Yeah, I think that's part of it. Like, he was the Chiefs' primary punt returner going into the season. We have seen Andy Reid and Dave Tobe use guys in ways, try and get the ball in their hands, get adjusted to NFL game speed. I mean, like, recently, it was just talked about, Jameson Williams for the Detroit Lions, elite gunner at Alabama, was finally healthy enough to get in for the Lions, and you know what he did? They played him at gunner. Because they wanted him to get adjusted to what NFL players move like. Even a guy like that at Alabama that has seen nothing but pure speed from, yeah, from that nothing defense. Nothing but NFL players, right? Exactly. He he still needed the time to adjust to an NFL game speed and the way that things are done. Now you're talking about a smaller school guy in Sky Moore. They wanted to get him some reps at punt return, and they kept putting him back out there. And you know, we saw that question that entire time. It's like, why do they keep putting him out there? That was his role. They wanted him to keep getting that role. They wanted him to keep getting those opportunities so that he can learn some of that stuff. But if you can't take care of the ball, 
can't get those opportunities. Now, all of a sudden, you're getting no opportunities. I don't expect that we're going to see some big unveiling of a package for him at this point. And honestly, I think the signing of Kadarius Tony or the trade for Kadarius Tony midseason should have told you that as well. I think that was the one where it was just like, hey, listen, we, this guy more thing. We're going into next year. We're going to see what we got from him that at that point. That's fine. You know, that, that's absolutely fine. But this year we needed to make a move, so we made the move for Kadarius Tony. I think it's more likely that we see Tony a lot more featured as the year as the playoffs go along than maybe some big, you know, pullback of the curtain for the sky more trick plays or put you know package of plays there. Okay. Um Zach Oracle Fomagorkin asks, what qualities make one great? Um, I don't know. So <laughs> I, I have I have no idea. I, um, I think it's it's got something to do with the, with the beard, maybe. Beard? You know, beard? beard? Okay. Beard? I'm fine I think with, with the I, beard. I'm, I'm <laughs> All right. Uh, Jay the Fan 1, if the two of you were against each other in a do-or-die dance-off competition, which Chiefs player would you choose for your competitor – to have to dance with Charles. Who's it going to be? First of uh, all, the idea that you and I are having a, <laughs> a is, is fun to me. Like <laughs> I, I wouldn't normally participate in one, but opposite of you, I think that I think that the viewers win. In that I'm gonna be one, so. I'm gonna be really disappointed if someone in the Discord does not like have some fan art of this dance oh, off. You just said your name, buddy. Like you know, just go ahead and have that. Um, I who who am I who am I forcing you uh, cho choosing your competitor to have a dance off with? Is that is that what that? Uh, no, no, no. You the partnering with you. Oh, they're partnering with me. Yeah, oh, or Travis choose Kelsey. for your competitor to have to dance with. I'm sorry, I read that wrong. Jay the oh, fan okay. wrote it. You were correct. You were absolutely okay. correct. Well, um. Man, that's tough. Who are you gonna have to dance? Oh man, um, Orlando Brown Jr. Oh man, okay, that's fine. Me and Lando are just gonna talk about that foxtail the entire time, and we're just gonna be our 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 dance team name is Length. That's what it's going to be. It's just all gonna be undulating arm movements. Knowing my luck, he's probably like secretly like a really good dancer. Oh, yeah. yeah. Got sweet feet yeah. out he, there. He, he plays tennis. I don't know. Tennis. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, Charles, I'm saddling you with George Karloftis because oh, I'm not. He's got no. He's got no. No. Oh, my, man's, my man's on about his eighth uh, sack celebration. I know he doesn't have eight sacks, but he's on about his eighth sack celebration right now. Obviously, he, still working. He used to through play it. water polo, so we're gonna do some sort of water dance or something. Oh, <laughs> okay. We are definitely doing this now. Everybody wins on this one. Oh, boy. All right. Um, let's do Casey from KC next. Here, do we underestimate the likelihood of upsets this time of year? Impact of injuries, player, coach, late season motivations, improvement of poor teams, etc. How do you feel about that, Charles? I mean, like, again, it's the NFL. Everybody's still trying hard, as we just talked about. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think that it's going to be a thing this week. I, uh, I don't yeah. think. I look. I, I don't think the Chiefs were having any desire to look over at this Broncos team. They know right. that they like dropped the ball last last time they played this team. Like, they could have shut the Broncos out 
had they mm-hmm. just kept playing the way they were playing. But Patrick Mahomes tried to fit a couple balls in when uh, when there wasn't a window, and you know, next thing you know, defense sudden change, putting some points up. Um, it's you know, I, I think they were going into this game already knowing, like, here's the things we need to improve on. Like they've improved on them these last couple of games, playing some mm-hmm. some turnover free football this last week. That was good. Um, I I think that they were never going to overlook this Broncos team, mm-hmm. um, and now even more so with the coaching change. I think that mm-hmm. just even puts even more of an emphasis on it. And uh, I don't I don't particularly buy the um, the whole boost that teams get from an interim coach, especially this late in the season. Um, guys are just trying to get to the offseason healthy and, and you know <laughs> go, go yeah. hang out with their families and Absolutely. what have you. I don't I don't I don't think they're uh really gonna go hard for a, a coach, an interim head coach, mind you, who was hired in the middle of the season and was probably like the third he was like the third choice, second or third choice for uh for the interim head coaching job. I, I just don't see it. I don't see it. I mean we were yeah, we were just I, talking about this yeah. beforehand. Like, uh, you know, Evero turned it down. Yeah. <laughs> Evero said, nah, I'm, I'm good. I don't he, want he that state. no part in it because he, yeah. I don't think he had any faith that it could be turned around that right. it would help him become Absolutely. a head coach or whatever goals he had. Now, um, and you want to convince me that that defense is going to play hard for Evero? I'm fine I'm with sure that. They will. I'm sure, yeah, they will. yeah, but I, yeah, I don't, I yeah. don't know. We, we do see that happen kind of ever so often. You know, as season goes along, as seasons go along, like I think we all remember the Miami one from a couple of years ago where Kevin Harlan was calling both games. Like there's, there are upsets that occur. I think that this year there's a very, remember uh, 20, was it 2012 against the Green Bay Packers? They were undefeated, (laughs) right? And the Chiefs were just hapless that year. And, you know, here, here comes Aaron Rodgers and the Packers to town and Arrowhead and, you know, a little bit of magic, yeah. and all of a sudden. So, I mean, it's possible. Kyle Orton, Tomba Kyle took Orton. over that oh. game. I mean, like, I, yeah. I, I was convinced at one point that he should be the quarterback of the future for the team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think he was very content to be a backup. Like, that, that man just wanted to be a backup. Yeah. No, I talked to DJ about that one a couple weeks ago, and his, his comment was basically like, yeah, we we were a bad football team, but that day – Nah, that day we weren't. Yeah, <laughs> that just, day we were yeah. a good football yeah, team. We good football team. <laughs> so yeah, get that one. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes. Ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. 
Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, Zach Cementer asks, I, I love this question. This one's a great one. In a world which all weapons, both conventional and firearm, are non-existent, gladiatorial combat is decided by picking up and throwing regular objects at one another until one relents while avoiding whatever's thrown at you. It's basically dodgeball is what he's yeah. suggesting here. Yeah. What everyday item do you give Patrick Mahomes that makes him unbeatable and also regular kitchen knives are covered under conventional weapons? So no knives, right? Mm. No, I mean, no regular kitchen knives can be utilized here do you have one that comes to mind um an everyday item like mm-hmm. maybe like a kit kittens it's <laughs> an everyday item but some people have kittens just, <laughs> just chugging kittens at people like feral kittens maybe <laughs> i mean that's not a bad one I mean, I mean i suppose that would count yeah no that that's a pretty good one i mean <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say a bowling pin, um, oh. like I Oof. mean, because like yeah, he be... could do some damage just chucking that thing from all sorts of different arm angles. Like yeah. you could, and bowling pins hurt. Like, yeah, that's not that's, that I've, I have been hit with one, but they, they, they hurt, man. Those things are solid. So I was gonna go bowling pin. Everyday <laughs> items, kittens and bowling pins. Kittens you and know, bowling pins. most common yeah. things that you have around your house. Right? Feral kittens, feral kittens. Yeah. All right, Tojo144. Assuming that Juju comes back next year, what would you give up for DeAndre Hopkins? Um, I uh, that I mean that's that's a question right there. Like I I love thinking the big picture, throwing that much assets at wide receiver. I don't know that the Chiefs are going to do that. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Juju's going to cost a lot of money. Also, I mean, if if Hopkins is on the market, like you're going to see other teams go after him in a big way because Mm -hmm. you know we've seen especially teams that have like an established quarterback but don't have that number one guy uh because we've seen the success that you know josh allen going out and getting digs you Mm -hmm. know now Tua going out and getting tyreek i i think that a team that thinks they're there that think they have their guy but are just missing the weapon they're Mm -hmm. going to surrender more than we have seen for a receiver even more even more than just giving up for for hill or digs i i mean i think we're going to see a lot for a player like that to get moved i think so too and if you're giving up that much i think that you would lean on trying to improve maybe your defensive line you would lean on trying to maybe i i don't know i think there are other positions that you're going to spend that on not mentioning the fact that juju smith schuster is probably going to cost a lot of money and I and I'm fine with that. Like keep Juju. I'm fine yeah, with keeping Juju. But I, I think I think I've come to terms with that as well. Yeah, exactly. I, I think he's such a good fit. Just turn around and draft Jalen Hyatt from you know just and and prosper. So yeah. uh, you'll be fine. You'll be fine with that. Z and Dara. Uh, this one was pretty funny. Why did the Chiefs get rid of Dan Sorensen on defense only to sign the Dan Sorensen of the <laughs> offense in MVS? I love that characterization. Making big plays out of nowhere and yeah. then boneheaded ones on other times. Uh, I mean, I, I, I think it, it's a little bit more nuanced. You know, just a little bit. Because <laughs> uh, I feel like MVS does a lot uh, for the offense. Um, 
in terms of the the field stretching and clearing different areas of the field with uh, with his speed with his long speed um and, and you know we those are things that we don't necessarily like notice that we don't hone in on on a game-to-game basis uh you have to really like kind of study and look at it um but yeah i, I man um i i don't know i wonder if he's going to still be here next year i know they structured mm-hmm. his contract in a way where they can get out fairly easily. The um, third day of the league year, I believe, that yeah, uh, it, they have it, to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And you're already seeing his snap counts kind of go down. So mm-hmm. I, I'm wondering if they're not already preparing themselves for that reality a little bit. I mean, but you're right. He is the only real field stretcher right now. I know that you know Justin Watson gets some of those reps as well. I'm not saying that he doesn't, yeah. but... They don't use Kadarius Tony in that way. Uh, they not yet, McCall, not yet at least. Yeah, they used McCole Hardman in that way, but he he's been hurt. Like he's yeah. he's not. I mean, it, who knows if we're even going to see him this week? They got a decision to make on a 21 day window coming up. It sounds like maybe maybe he's not fully back, like ready to yeah. come back yet. So I, MVS is important to this offense to offer that vertical stretch because there isn't somebody else that they have there. I makes sense you know why they may target a guy come right. next year i mean again jalen hyatt i am just gonna keep keep, <laughs> keep putting, putting it into, the universe. Keep yes, into the universe yes exactly <laughs> exactly so uh it, by the way if you're a member of the discord go to go to the film room channel uh, maddie and i watched uh all 22 of jalen hyatt uh this week Ooh, he, good. he's fun he's so he's fun, fun player. Yeah. Uh, yeah he absolutely is steve gray asks who do you think we see as cornerback three in the playoffs? Will it be whoever has the hot hand or is Spags going to pick one and go with them? Jalen Watson, Joshua Williams doing a lot of rotating right now, Charles. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, he, he even said today that he's going to keep uh, doing the platoon thing. And mm-hmm. I, I think what we're going to see is kind of what we've seen so far, which has been they're going to start off with Joshua Williams, and if teams start to pick on him, they're going to throw Jalen Watson in there. Um, I, I think they like kind of the length and the skill set that that Williams brings, um, and, and they want to keep giving him chances to kind of have it all click. And I don't know if he's going to get there this season, but maybe, but just maybe. Right. right. Um, and, and I think, you know, having that ability to change up uh, and go to, to one or the other, I think that's that's a good thing. Yeah, no, it's certainly not a bad thing. And we see both of those guys make plays. I think that's right. the good part about it. It's not like it's not like you know Joshua Williams is getting whooped, so now they're putting Jalen Watson in, or Jalen Watson's getting taken advantage of, so we got to put Josh Williams back in. No, it, both of them are holding their own well enough. There are mistakes understandable you know out of this rookie you know group here one of those is a seventh round draft pick and he played in the pac 12 so he's at least got a little bit more experience and then the other one played at fayetteville state so i mean like there are adjustment periods all of that so to see both of those guys contributing in this way it's good so far i do think that they'll platoon them for a little while unless like let's say one of them comes out on a heater they come up against Stephon Diggs and Joshua Williams all of a sudden is just absolutely locking him down. Spags right. is going to be like, well, here's the Jalen Watson drive, I, I say, right. as you know, there's there's Darius Harris drives. But, you know, I, I, don't, suspect, <laughs> I don't suspect that we're going to see that 
I think you'll be a little more committed to some of that. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Last one here, Charles. We'll get out of here. Maddie asked a question while we were while we were recording this tonight. Okay. Um, to give you guys kind of a hint on when we're recording it, it's Thursday night. He's obviously watching the Washington Huskies play. Um, big fan. I, I've had, he, had the game on my other monitor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. So you'll be able to. I'm, I'm going to let you start with this. He asked me, but I'm I'm going to let you start with this. Does Michael Penix have the most aesthetic left-handed QB motion of all time, Charles? <laughs> it's it's definitely aesthetic is one way to put it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Oh, uh, maybe I'm trying to th- like go through the memory bank here and think about some of these left-handed throwing motions I've seen. Well, I mean, okay, Steve Young obviously is well up there. Yeah, uh, Boomer Esiason was also a lefty. Yeah. Um, Tua. Is a lefty. Yeah. I I would put Penix's throwing motion a little a little bit higher than two is above. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's not a ton of lefty quarterbacks. Mike Vick was in there. I don't know that he was especially aesthetic as a thrower, but yeah. I, I I don't know. It, Penix is way up there. But yeah. Maddie's saying this because he knows I I love Penix. <laughs> I, I really do. He's yeah. he's a fun quarterback. I, he's I was a gamer, thinking, man. I was thinking earlier tonight. I'm like, God, I hope he stays out of the AFC West. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we're just we're to the point now where it, it feels like at this point, like, oh, cool. Uh, I can't wait for two years from now when Caleb Williams and Drake May round out the Denver Broncos and Las Vegas Raiders quarterback <laughs> rotation there. And like, <laughs> if, the, if the NFC does not start taking some of these quarterbacks, I'm going to pull my hair out. I'm going to, I'm going to start writing weekly letters to Roger Goodell about re- yeah. reforming uh, every uh, division in football. Just, it, it, just it's make becoming a monopoly. <laughs> it's becoming a monopoly of, of quarterbacks. The AFC, let's, let's, let's spread it around. Or, or Ty- you know, Tyler Patrick Caldwell. Mahomes can continue to beat them and be the best quarterback in the AFC and in the NFL there, time <laughs> and time again. So, Tyler All right. Tyler Palco was a lefty. Tyler Palco was a lefty. He, he had You're a right. pretty, uh, pretty, pretty interesting throwing motion. That was uh, <laughs> definitely not Tyler Palco. We're definitely not, not going with Tyler Palco <laughs> in that one. Now, if you would have said thick pin. We would have had we would have had something cooking there, buddy. So, all right, that is going to do it this week for twenty one questions. I thank Charles for joining me. You know, yet again here, we will be back with a post game show after all of this. You can find Charles every single day on KCSN Daily. That's KCSN.substack.com and at Chiefs Wire. Go make sure you follow him. Follow everything he's doing. He's great. We will return. Everybody, please, please, please be kind to each other. We will catch you later. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.